Coming up, 91% of executives are out of touch on this incredibly important issue. I'll reveal that. And then law firms are rescinding job offers over Harvard students' protest. We'll break it all down next. Let's go. Helping you win in your work life so that you can win in every other area of your life. This is the Ken Coleman Show. You were created to work, and when you aren't experiencing that meaning, it begins to eat away at you in so many different ways. If you're bored, if you are stressed out of your mind for that many hours a day, it is going to affect the rest of your life. And so we want you doing the right thing in the right place. So let's get to it today. 91% of executives are out of touch on this issue. The one thing that almost all C-suite executives are out of touch about, what is it? The well-being of their employees. What? How is it possible that you could be out of touch on that issue? The well-being of the people you are paying. It gets crazier. Only 56% of employees think executives care about their well-being. While 91% of C-suiteers think their employees believe they care about it. What? What a gap. It's a huge gap between the boardroom and the break room. Well, why does this matter? Because employees, people, hello leaders, people place a high value on well-being because if you look over the last several years, work has gotten increasingly stressful. How high of a value is well-being to the American worker today? 57% of employees are considering quitting for a job that supports their well-being. And interestingly enough, nearly 70% of C-suite execs are also considering quitting for a job that better supports their well-being. So leaders are aware that they struggle with well-being, but they don't realize the extent to which their employees are also struggling. All right, let's pause there. we got to unpack that. Is it possible that leaders in the American workplace are so unhealthy that they are unable to see how unhealthy everybody else is? I think it's very possible. Let's just make this personal. By the way, I'm not excusing leaders from being so clueless about this. But what I am saying is it's hard for leaders to be aware and they need to be aware, but it's hard for them to be aware when they are just trying to get through a day. How many of you have been in a situation before where you were in a really unhealthy season of your life and you weren't aware of just about anything else around you other than the fact that you were in a five alarm emergency. So leaders need to be aware of how unhealthy they are and get healthy so they can see how unhealthy everybody else is. In the meantime, while they're trying to get healthy, they at least need to try to be aware by asking employees what would make them feel supported, what would make them feel well at work. The gap is showing us that leaders are just assuming that because people are smiling and showing up to work or not complaining and griping and flaming out that everything's okay. But it's like the little duck 
that looks super calm on the top of the water, but you look underneath and they're just paddling like crazy. That's what's going on in the American workplace. Leaders must be aware, and you've got to build some transparency by by allowing people to feel safe to say, this is how I'm actually doing, and this is what's causing me to feel this way in the workplace, and not take it so personal, but to go, oh my goodness, I've got to do something about this, or I get it, I'm experiencing this as well, because an unhealthy leader cannot give the circumstances, the resources to others to be healthy. Can't give what you don't have. So let's talk about specific actions that we need to see from American leaders. And I'm talking in government jobs, in education jobs, healthcare, business, it doesn't matter, all sectors, all sizes, leaders, please listen to me. There are three human needs that must be met at work. And to the extent that they're not being met, it begins to break the person down. Your employee. Oh, and you too. You too. These three human needs are meaning and purpose at work. We need to know for ourselves that the work we're doing matters. We need to be recognized for our unique contribution. By the way, most leaders don't recognize others because they haven't been recognized in a long time. You start the higher up the ladder you go, the less recognition you get because everybody goes, well, you got the status, you got this, you got that. And, and we forget that everybody needs that out of boy or out of girl. The third human need that must be met. Because it's not enough just to go, okay, I've got some meaning. I see this. I see purpose in my work, my unique contribution. But I need a relationship with my leader. People need to know that their leader is coaching them, mentoring them, pouring into them. And so leaders need that. And to the extent that leaders, you are at the very top, then you need to make sure that you've got a mentor outside of the workplace. So leaders need these needs met. Employees need these needs met. Now, beyond those three human needs they that they see, they're in a seat on the bus that is meaningful to them, they are recognized verbally, privately, and publicly for their unique contribution. They're praised, they're rewarded, they're recognized. And then a relationship. They need that coach-mentor relationship. Okay, those are, But beyond that, leaders, you've got to say, hey, do you have the resources? Think training. Do you have the tools? Do you have the time? I think there's three things. Do you have the training? Do you have the resources? Do you have the time? Leaders, you need to be asking people that. A leader who looks at the people on their team and says, hey, do you have the training? Have we given you the training for everything you're doing? Okay, great. Check. Do you have the resources? Uh, people on your team? Uh, tools necessary? Do you have resources to do what we're asking you to do? And then do you have the time to do it? Those three questions, super simple, they're going to reveal where people are stressed and why they're stressed. So why is this so important? Because when you look at this, this huge gap between employees going, 
I don't feel well at work. I don't have well-being. I don't think my leader has a clue. And the leaders are saying, yeah, we're pretty sure that everybody's doing real well. A person who doesn't feel that their leader is aware of what's going on with them begins to become hopeless. And when you are hopeless, you become desperate. You are overwhelmed with stress. And you will burn out and you will eventually leave. And leaders are going, we can't keep people. I hear from leaders all the time. Ken, help us with retention strategies. Why aren't we retaining people? Because people feel like they're in a burning house and they got to get out. They'll tough it out for a while, hoping that the fire gets put out. But once they realize that the fire is not going to get put out, they say, hey, I got to save myself and they leave. That's why this is so important. But again, leaders, some of you are burning it at both ends. Those needs aren't being met by your leader or by you. You got to take care of you. You know, I think of the instructions that we all get when we get on a plane. Should there be a uh, drop in oxygen, the mask drop out of the ceiling, what do they tell you? They say, put it on your face first and then take care of those that are relying on you. I think the American workplace can get better. I really believe that, but it's going to come down to just basic effort to be aware. Leaders need to be aware of how healthy they are, what's their well-being like, and then what's the well-being of their team like. And to the extent that you can figure that out, you're going to see stress drop, engagement rise, productivity and profitability and retainability all go through the roof. I'm telling you, folks. It's that simple. We have a well-being problem in the world of work today, and it needs to be addressed. And it can be. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman Show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman, BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show, where we talk all things work. We'll talk about the news. We'll talk about trends. We will talk about principles. We'll talk about the work that you are supposed to be doing. We talk about it all because you spend more time at work. And so this topic here that I'm covering is a warning because we live in a new world where anything you say can and will be used against you. 
<laughs> and uh, that's that's not when you're getting your Miranda rights read to you on the side of a road. Hopefully, this is just the world we live in, and and I am a free speech advocate. I really am, uh, and so this is a very interesting story. But there is a difference between the freedom to say whatever you want. And let me be very clear. We're in a very interesting time in history, and the things that one can say can be unbelievably controversial and insensitive. And yet, I believe in your right to say whatever you want to say. I'm a person of faith. Uh, I'm conservative. Uh, whatever. And you could say anything and 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 just any you could say anything to me. You are allowed and I will fight for your right to offend the absolute snot out of me. I really will. You have every right to offend me. Now there's so that's free speech. It's protected under the First Amendment. Should be. But just because we're free to say whatever we want does not mean we are free from consequences. <laughs> so you should be allowed to say it, but people can then react however they want to. I don't think anybody should take your right away. So let's enter in the story in the world right now. Hamas attacks Israel. Israel responds and is continuing to respond. Heinous attack by Hamas. And yet, a lot of people out there are saying, you know what? It's Israel's fault. The atrocities that they have put uh, in place and, and they have performed, if you will, or allowed over the Palestinian people, they just couldn't take it anymore. And it's Israel's fault. They instigated all of this atrocity. And I'm not here to comment on all that. That's been commented on enough. But here is the issue. Well, you know what? I will comment on it because people, people are going to say, well, what are you doing? I'll tell you something right now. No matter where you stand on the Palestinian-Israeli conflict and occupation and, and, and Israel's independence and who owns the land and who has right to land, wherever you stand on that, let me tell you something right now. And, and, and let me just say this. I am very educated on the issue. I understand. I've got a lot of friends who... Uh, who are on a different side of this issue as it relates to Israel's rights to the land and what they've done to the Palestinian people. I've got a lot of friends who are very educated on it. Talk to me about it. And there's a lot of evidence of, well, this is not fair and this is not cool and this is a dispute. Let me say this. There's a difference between nations warring against each other and terroristic attacks upon innocent people. So what Hamas did is... is is outrageously, outrageously wrong. And and and, I, and anybody who disagrees with that, you need to check yourself. Women and children off limits. Terrorism off limits. So that so that's done there. Now, so this thing blows up. And and so we have a lot of Ivy League schools that are very progressive, what they teach, what they allow, by the way, funded by Arab organizations and so it's a it's a pro-Palestinian uh or there is a very clear pro-Palestinian pro-Hamas even positions that are being talked about on 
American campuses. And so Harvard and Columbia specifically, there were some protests on behalf of the Palestinian people. And U.S. law firm Davis Polk, one of the largest law firms in the country, announced in an internal email that it had rescinded letters of employment for three specific law students at Harvard and Columbia, and it was because they were tied to organizational statements about Israel. This is from the internal email by Neil Barr at the law firm of Davis Polk. These statements are simply contrary to our firm's values, and we thus concluded that rescinding these offers was appropriate in upholding our responsibility to provide a safe and inclusive work environment for all Davis Polk employees. A representative of Davis Polk pointed to a statement that was included in the email, and this is a public statement by Davis Polk Law Firm. The views expressed in certain of the statements signed by law school student organizations in recent days are in direct contravention of our firm's value system for this reason and to ensure we continue to maintain a supportive and inclusive work environment the student leaders responsible for signing on to these statements are no longer welcome in our firm and their offers of employment have been rescinded now uh, on this actual what happened october 10th the harvard crimson one of the university student-run newspapers reported that more than 30 harvard student groups signed on to a letter that said they hold israel entirely responsible for all unfolding violence in this conflict. That's a pretty strong statement. Do these Harvard and Columbia and all other Ivy League students, do they have the right to take that position? Absolutely. They do. Is it crazy offensive to a lot of people? Yes. So I've seen a lot of my friends on the conservative side say, this shouldn't be allowed. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Like, if you want to sound off on any other social issue, my conservative friends, and you get canceled or threatened to get canceled and you go, that's not right, then then you got to be okay with the right of some of these college students misinformed as they are, as wrong as they are, on not just this issue, on a variety of issues, in my opinion. They get to say what they want to say. But now here's where this gets tricky. Do I think it's okay for a law firm to say, you know what, you signed on to a statement that we find to be unbelievably offensive, and we employ Jewish people here, and we don't find that safe for our environment? Yeah, they also have that right to rescind that environment. So are they punishing free speech? Yeah. There's consequences to your free speech. There's consequences to my free speech. But see, we, we've gotten to a point in America, and it's spilling over into the workforce, where everybody wants free speech. You want to be able to say what you believe and say it with great fervor, but you don't want other people to be able to say what they think. And it's now causing tremendous divisiveness in the workplace. But let me just tell you something, college kids. You sign on to stuff like this or you go on social media. By the way, let's just take it outside of the Israel-Palestine conflict. Let's take it out of that. Any other issue. 
that's that's super hot button cultural issue. You take a stance on social media, your employer or your potential employer could see it and find it to be very offensive and decide to not hire you. Does that mean that you aren't allowed or you don't have the right to say what you believe? No, it doesn't. It just means there's consequences. But what's happened is with the advent of social media and everybody being able to say anything they want, however they want, when they want, and largely not feel consequences because, again, you're behind a keyboard. Oh, that Ken Coleman guy. People take shots at me all the time on Instagram because I dare say something that's common sense. Fine. I, I applaud them attacking me. Great, you're paying attention. <laughs> I provoked you to think. Fan-freaking-tastic. Here's the deal. If somebody sees it and it ends up harming you, you understand there's now consequences. For years on social media, there wasn't a whole lot of consequence. We fire whatever message we want behind the safety of the keyboard and the monitor. But those days are over. What you say can and will be used against you. So I'm all for free speech, but I'm also for consequences. This is the Ken Coleman Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends, or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out. And it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space to get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken. Welcome to the Ken Coleman Show. This is where you begin to realize that you, in fact, are unique. And we need you in the world of work. You've got something that the world needs. If you're enjoying the program, I would love for you to help us grow. You can do that by, uh, on YouTube, liking the video, subscribing to our YouTube channel, and sharing. And then if you're listening via podcast, give us a follow, a five-star review, and share as well. Also, uh, to the extent that you need to know that you were created to fill a unique role in your work, I'm here to tell you you are. That means you are unique. That means you are very valuable, and it means that, it means that you've got a responsibility to show up. But you're going, what is that? Our signature tool to kind of help you get clear. Maybe it's just reconnecting to who you really are, self-awareness. Uh, it is the Get Clear Work Assessment, and it is only uh, about a 20-minute uh session if you will with yourself we ask the questions all you got to do is be honest 
and it's going to give you a purpose statement, a professional purpose statement based on what you do well, what you enjoy doing, and results that motivate you. And this is a game changer. It's called the Get Clear Work Assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment. Haley is now joining us in Chicago, Illinois area. Haley, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thank you for having me on your show today. You bet. What's up? Well, I'm hoping you could help me um, with some advice. I, um, I've been with my company for over t- uh, 10 years now, and I'm just kind of at a point where I'm not sure if there's any more upward mobility for me here. There's been a lot of change in culture, tension with leadership, and I'm just kind of at a point where I'm just stuck. Mm. And, um, I've had uh, a company outside of still in the same industry, but outside and sales approach me. And, um, the question really is, should I stay or should I go? Mm-hmm. And I just, it's been weighing on me and I just don't know really what to do. Yeah. I'm curious, um, is your head telling you one thing and your heart another? Yes. Ah, well, let's start there. What is your head telling you when we ask the question, should you stay or should you go? To go. Oh, your head's telling you to go. Mm-hmm. And what's your heart saying? To stay. Why? Um, the only reason is, is because of the tenure, um, the higher leadership I'm close with, but they've kind of moved out. It's there's kind of a new team in place and it's the comfortable. I know I'm it's security in a sense. I've been here, like I said, for so long and I just feel like, you know, I'm invested. I'm, I worked my way up and I don't want to let that go. Can I tell you that I think you got it wrong? I think you flipped it. I think your head is telling you to stay. Because you don't want to let down those people that you have a relationship with, and yeah. this is really comfortable, and you know what you're going to be dealing with day in, day out, regardless of the frustrations. And I think your heart's going, we need a new challenge. We need an environment where we feel cared for, valued, challenged. Am I right or am I wrong in switching this up on you? I think you nailed it. Yeah. So... Here's why I know that's true, because the brain is engaging the amygdala, and the amygdala is going, protect, 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 protect. And when we think about leaving, and we think about the change and the unknown that comes with that, that's pretty scary. And as human beings, we just always lean default towards, we would rather be miserable than uncomfortable, because with the miserable, I know what I'm dealing with, and I could bite a stick and kind of gut out gut it out throughout the day versus the uncomfortableness of change and newness and unknowns. So now that we got that right, um, your brain is making excuses for you. And because your brain is making good excuses, you just laid them all out. You know, uh, you know, these people have been nice to me. I have a relationship with the top Mm -hmm. brass and, and uh, you know, but yada, yada, yada. Okay. So what happens is, the brain makes excuses to rationalize our fear. We're afraid of something bad happening if we move. Our doubt, maybe we don't believe that there is something better for us out there. Our pride, 
gosh, I don't want them to say bad things about me if I leave. So what happens is the brain makes excuses for those voices and then those voices take up ownership inside our head and they begin to excuse us. Watch this. Excuses begin to excuse inactivity. We're not acting. We've been excused. Mm-hmm. Because these excuses sound really logical. Does that feel like maybe what's happening with you? That's, yeah. Okay. So, we have to put those voices on the witness stand. Is there any evidence that these voices are true? That these voices are telling the truth or are they lying? And so what happens is, is this is all a mindset game. And you go, okay, wait a second. Are those leaders going to say bad things about me and hate me if I leave? Probably not. Does it matter if your life is better? No, it doesn't matter. So you start walking through all this. So uh, I think it's time. That's why you called me. Yeah. I think it's time. Um, You have to listen to your heart here. And so now it's about, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure my head and heart, instead of them wrestling with each other, I got to get them on the same page. So now we're going to go, we got to address the fear and the doubt and the pride. And we got to get the truth out there and we change the narrative inside the head and, and now the brain goes, okay, we're good. Nothing to be really afraid of. Nothing to be super doubtful of. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And, and now we're moving forward. So do you have alternatives? Do you have other paths? Do you see, well, the other company certainly is giving you an opportunity. Is it the right opportunity? And that's the thing. I mean, I, it, it, it excites me. It's similar to what I'm doing now, just on a sales side. So that's the fear in it. Um, but there's just more potential. I, you know, I think what is weighing on me is that I got to go back to the bottom. I'm starting brand new. Are you truly going to the bottom? I mean, it's, it's kind of just a, I, I, it's just a sales position. So it, it, how much of a pay cut is it? So the, the salary basically stays the same, but there's more potential to make great, great, great money. And great. I just so don't you're not, have that now. But you're not going backwards. You know why? You're moving to a position where there's massive potential, which means you're moving to a ladder that still has rungs to climb, as opposed to you're standing at the top rung of the ladder now. So while it feels I, like yeah. you're not going backwards, you're yeah. actually you're actually moving forward. And I heard you say that in another show with that where it's not necessarily it's it's not a lateral move but it's a, it's a new ladder and a new yes kind of role so yeah. that's where i yeah. just kind of needed to hear that from yes, from ma'am. you i'm excited for you i'm excited i'm petrified but yeah. i think it's just what do you tell really, me what you're afraid yeah. of let's 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 do a little heart surgery what do you what are you most afraid of if you take this new gig and you started tomorrow be really honest with me what are you afraid of? Um, to let myself down, to not be able to, you know, reach the goals that I, I you know. Okay, great. So what would need to happen for you to let yourself down in this new sales role? Give me some realities. This would have to happen for me to blow it and let myself down. Not do my job. Okay. What are the chances I mean, of you not doing your job? 
next one to none. Yeah. You're good at sales, yes or no? I, I'm i not doing it now. I would, I, I mean, on. I feel like I know I could. I, I used course. to do it. You yeah. used to do it and you were good, yes or no? Yes. Okay. You're driven for a better future, yes or no? Yes. All right, then. Your fear is totally aligned to you. There's no chance you're going to let yourself down. No chance. Here's the deal. You're just afraid of the unknown. Exactly. And that's okay. Can I just tell you, you got to take yourself back to first day of kindergarten, first day of middle school, first day of high school, first dates. Go back to multiple times in your life where you've done a first and it has freaked you out and you got through it. Yes or no? Yes. You did. So you can do it again. Yes or no? Absolutely. I believe in you, Haley. I believe in you. I really do. So take some of my belief today and wear it like an awesome coat. You're awesome. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.